welcome everybody to the second episode of The Gist. Come on, just me and you again. We are bringing guests at some point, I believe, but not today. Yeah, we need some more input, I think, because we're just two average guys, as we <laughs> explained <laughs> in that first saying. episode. Yeah. Um, in the first episode, we talked about you know, why we're doing this. Yeah. Talked a bit about you, a bit about me. Yeah. And I think having to, having having to surround yourself with people yeah. in business, the right people, is important. Yeah, hugely. My entire working career, um, up until this year, I've been surrounded by people. I've worked with people, never worked for myself before. Yeah. Um, there's an element, I think, of taking that for granted a little bit. Because when I think about all the different people that I've worked with, all the different connections I've made through work, and what I do for a job in terms of you know developing people um, in learning and development, it's all people, 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 all the time. I remember when COVID first came along and it all got very weird because I, I my job at the time involved me being out on the road, um, different parts of the country, different countries as well, um, for probably about three days a week on yeah. average. And then I'd have two days a week um, either at home or um, in an office somewhere. And that was a pretty consistent pattern. It was good. I was surrounded by people all the time. COVID came along and as as was the case for everybody, it changed everything. So yeah. all of a sudden I couldn't travel, Yeah, couldn't go into an office, I had to work from home. And I mean, let's not pretend it wasn't brilliant to start with. <laughs> like, you know, people didn't have to go to work and still got paid. It was marvellous. It was a... Uh, yeah, it, it was weird because I had to then start working from home and um, all the meetings were over Teams. And everything became virtual. Yeah. And you disconnected from people and that was quite difficult. Yeah. I think. And then everything opened um, back up again, but maybe not to the same extent. We recognised the fact that we could do stuff differently and we had to uh, move away from um, how we've been working in the past and we started to do more stuff virtually yeah. what i took for granted and what i really didn't appreciate or recognize until maybe about a month into this journey was that that disconnect from people when you go and work by yourself when you don't even have team members or colleagues to link into and talk to yeah that can be very difficult yeah really difficult it, it's you know, the loneliness can be huge yeah. in those scenarios. Yeah. And um, you don't have any... Yeah, I mean, you've got your friends and you've got your family, but, you know, if you want to talk work, if you want to talk your struggles and all that, they're maybe not really the place to do it. They are because they're supportive, but they're... You know, you need other people, I think, around you as well. And, yeah, I certainly didn't fully appreciate my need for those types of people um, until... Know, I was knee deep in it and I was going through it and then I was desperately <laughs> yeah. confused about why I had no one to talk to. It's a good point, isn't it? Because I think you're right with the support of your family and your friends. Mm. But they don't they don't get it. Yeah. Um completely agree with you that stepping out of that, putting yourself in a position where you are on your own mm. and COVID was different because 
you could be on your own within a corporate space, but know that there was a Teams conversation going on and you could get involved. On the other side of a screen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it was there, right? I, do you know, I feel actually at this point, we probably need to make a disclaimer about our friends and our families. Right. Okay. To say they are, obviously they are amazing and they're supportive. Yes, sure. And they're brilliant. Especially they're after the first yeah. episode where you've been like scolded <laughs> by your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true yeah so no the friends family are fantastic whatever it and you need them to support you but yeah it, it i think it's it's not quite the same thing so there is a i think if you're operating in business but by yourself whether there's a couple of you doing it there is a massive need for you to go and find those people yeah that ultimately become your workplace colleagues you know, yeah, that, yeah that doesn't mean they they work with you or that they, they work even in the same business as you yeah but they fill that gap, I think. There's um, I wonder whether or not uh, this is probably a long shot, but on LinkedIn there's a, there's a a lady that kind of works for Reef. It's right. like that kind of portable workspla- workplace type of app. Oh, uh, okay. So it's not work from home. It's yeah. like different places where you can go to work, and yeah. there's different people that subscribe to the Reef app. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you've got like an office to work from, and free coffee and. Yeah. All sorts of stuff like that. So, so it's, a, it's like a virtual version of like a, a Regis office space. Or yeah, I guess like so. That. Yeah, it's other um, office spaces are available. Yeah, other office spaces are yes. available. <laughs> yeah, um, but it kind of takes away the loneliness. I think uh, it just gives you maybe access to mm. for people. So, for example, I I hate working from home. Yeah, I honestly do. And I know that I probably shouldn't say that, but I do because I miss that human interaction mm. like you do. Mm. And actually, I don't think I'm as productive at home as I no. am when I'm out somewhere. Definitely not as productive when I'm at home. But why is that? Because there's too many fit, there's too many distractions, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, well, the cat's here. Too things I could do. We've got the cat who's joining us today. What's your cat called, by the way? Uh, Blossom. Blossom. Blossom okay. the cat. Who has now, now become the podcast mascot? Okay. How old um, is Blossom, by the way? Uh, I think she's about four now. You're four, Blossom. Yeah. Very, very... She's pretty chill. You're honoured that she's sitting with you, actually. Really? Yeah. She doesn't... Sharon, doesn't like a lot of people. So uh, you've been chosen. I've been chosen. So either that or she desperately wants to be a part of the podcast, so she'll do anything. Well, she's looking at you. Kind of well, she's, got, she's got her eyes closed. Oh, is she? Oh, she's yeah. asleep. Yeah. So she's so our, chill. our dulcet tones in the podcast to yeah. put her to sleep. She's so. just excruciatingly bored. Um. So what do you look for when... Yeah you are trying to find your people and 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 is networking like local networking because that's where yeah. me and you met each other yeah was that born out of a need to have that social interaction that you missed well, no, from a corporate space actually it wasn't it and networking is crucially important but it's not the source of your income or anything and i, I no. think that people need to be no. aware of that before they go into it i think there's a lot of people myself included when i started networking that go into networking events with the idea that they're going to go there and try and sell their wares to all the people in that room mm. they want to make a really good impression yeah and they want to show people that they're employable and oh have you got a business i'll tell you what let me sell this product to you yeah there's a danger i think when you do that in the I mean, it's, you know, if you go to a sales networking event, then it is like that. But when it's just general networking, whether it's um, like the ones that we attend, Lincoln New at Grantham Business Club yeah. um, or anything like that, I think it's definitely more about going there, introducing yourself and just being yourself and seeing who are the people that you resonate with and that you want to connect with and that you can see yourself talking to on yeah. a regular basis. They're the ones that you want to 
connect with because they then become your people they're the ones that become your um your your colleagues even though they're not your colleagues kind of thing, yeah you know sure. what I mean? they're the ones that you talk to when you're having a bad day and when it's difficult because you know as we know it's bloody hard at, at times doing yeah. this and uh yeah they're the people that you pick up the phone to and want to talk to the business the work and uh, the contracts all that kind of stuff i think forms very naturally and comes a little bit later on yeah um, through those connections it takes time make. doesn't it yeah it, it does take time it takes and time it's really hard to say it takes time as well when you're trying to balance the books and juggling money and you're panicking because and again this is a personal thing when you're panicking because you've gone from well-paid jobs into on yeah, price yeah. now i've got no money coming in what the hell am i supposed to do yeah sure really hard to maintain that patience um, yeah with networking but what i would say with networking is i look i, I don't love it I, I, in fact I, i've been I've been very open in the past. I've written blogs and everything about it, about how much I hate networking. And I think it's because it's, I love meeting people. I love developing people. I love building relationships. Yeah. So on paper, I should love networking, right? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. should be yeah. my absolute go-to. I you should be it's... first one in the queue. I know, but... You I... should have pre-booked your ticket, got your bacon <laughs> roll, mate, and you should have... I'm telling you. Should have been there. I think it's because it feels forced. It's not very natural. It feels like you're being forced into a position where you've got to have those conversations. You're being forced into these relationships with people. And although that's not the case, maybe that's what it feels like. And I think that's why my dislike for it comes. I still go, I still do a lot of it because I see the value from it. But I think it's okay to not really like networking. But do you know what? It's got a lot easier since my mindset shift. Since since I've gone at it to think, do you know what? I'm just going to turn up to this event, just sit, be myself, have a chat with some people. Yeah, maybe yeah. talk a bit about what I do. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't even mention what I do to yeah, all these yeah. people and just see what comes from it. And the connections I've made, the people I've met from doing it that way yeah. have been far, far more valuable yeah. in every sense of the word. Okay, yeah. Um, than going out and trying to say, oh, we've got the awareness website, let me try and sell you a training course and, and yeah, sure. all that kind of stuff. Well, I think, I, think, I think this is how business, maybe, I don't know, maybe in the past has been where mm. it is very formal and it is very, yeah. what's called, term salesy. Yeah. Very salesy. And I'm a big believer in personality shining through. Yeah. And we were talking about this actually early before we came, mm -hmm. you know, before we started the podcast. That did you just nearly say before we came on air? Nearly before yeah. we came on air, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have a radio show. Who maybe. Knows? Who knows? Radio Lincolnshire, <laughs> if you're listening, tap us up. Yeah. We'll, well, stop, well, do you know what? I know. I know. So, I know somebody. Uh, I'll mention to Charlotte Watson, Deputy okay. Chief Executive of Lincolnshire Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. I saw that she was uh, interviewed for Radio Lincolnshire, I think, not long ago. So, uh, Charlotte, if you ever do listen to this podcast, you probably won't. But if you do, there's a little, maybe, <laughs> a little plug, plug to Radio nice. Lincolnshire. Uh, but we were talking about this before we started recording, mm. not mm. on air. I recording, like recording. And we were talking about LinkedIn. And my view of LinkedIn is that I've got so many more engagements i guess with mm. my profile and be because i'm showcasing my personality yeah and actually in my industry financial services it's very regulated 
Yeah. And so it, you can't just say, oh, hi guys, please call me. Yeah. You, know, you can't just do that because it's a financial promotion yeah. and financial promotions need sign off. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm restricted to what I can do on LinkedIn to provide information and really showcasing my personality for people enough to come mm. and do you connect. know what do you know what annoys me about LinkedIn as well though sometimes is you get the LinkedIn police that kick off at you. Oh uh, yeah. If you do something personal it's like, oh this isn't Facebook mate. No, you're right, it's not. But yeah. I'm trying to connect with people so that yeah, I yeah. can do business with people absolutely. so they know who I am as a person. So yeah, you, absolutely. Can you just back off? I'm not saying that we should be posting everything about our life. We should I, one thing I don't ever want to see on LinkedIn, and that's because I also don't really, I'm not really bothered about seeing it elsewhere on social media, is when people take pictures of their dinner. Oh, okay. Like yeah, yeah. I'm not bothered about that. It's not, there's a Facebook group, isn't there? Rate my plate. Is there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. There is, yeah. And oh. and you do get some good ones, but yeah. the rate my plate is so funny because it's just plates of just stuff that you probably won't want to eat yeah and the comments on them are just anyway uh yeah rate my plate if you yeah. want to have a look for I, it. I will not you know you. okay <laughs> fair enough well you know if you don't want to see it on linkedin you've got to see it somewhere yeah true um i think with linkedin though you're right that there are those people that kind of police linkedin or whatever yeah and i think that business as i say is becoming more personable, mm, agree. and you can only you can only kind of connect with people, or buy off people, mm. or do business with people that you like and trust. Mm, and so, the, your personality shining through is a big part of building mm. that relationship. And how many people, if you were to just put all your technical business stuff on LinkedIn, would find you on Facebook and connect with you for the social side? Correct. Nobody. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's done that of my LinkedIn, yeah. other than. People that I've met through LinkedIn mm. are like, you know, gone to a social event. So the NYP social, so um, Fran and Carrie and, um, you know, others as well mm. that I've now become friends with. And so we then connect on Facebook. Yeah. But it hasn't been the other way around. No, it doesn't work like that. No, and, and I think that there's a bit of confusion, I think, with LinkedIn as well, because I think we have to recognize the difference, like you just said, the difference there in doing business when you're talking about small business to, to small business to bigger business is yeah. slightly different yeah. small business small business is obviously different person to person is obviously different i often think the people that pol police as as we said linkedin are those people that concentrate their efforts on major b2b like that major business to business sales where it is all a maybe a little bit stuffy a little bit professional and actually they don't care about your personality because um oh it's all business it's not personal well that, do you know mm. what that that's fine and if, if, if you're going to do corporate to corporate all right, whatever. But not everyone operates like that, you know. No. And, and we know that there's something ridiculous, like 98% of businesses in this country are, are small businesses. Yeah. So there has to be that element of personability about yeah. it to be able to, like you said, to be able to connect with people, to be able yeah, to yeah. have that that resonant thing, to, to really identify who it is from our side who it is you want to work with as well yeah yeah because yeah. you know i got no qualms about saying no to people if i don't like what they're about and i don't get on with them because i, think, I just I, I won't do it i think years ago that would have scared me to say no yeah. to somebody but i think now i think you're right yeah um i mean i'll tell you who who, who you know what i look for but what do, what do you look for when you are mm. networking or trying to find the right people to 
uh, I don't know, do business with or even connect with or yeah. support you? How do you if do that? If it's about finding my people, as yeah. it, those people we talked about for colleagues that you want to connect with, like me and you and, and the other people, the Heidi's and the Phil's and all, all and the Nicky's and those kinds of people in the world that I, I love talking to. Um, for me, it's just about them being, um, I think, very personable, very honest and very down to earth people. It's It's not as interesting for me if you come up to me and want to talk to me all day about how well your business is doing and how much money you've made and all that, well, yeah. do you know what? Piss off. I'm not interested. I don't care. Yeah, sure. I'd much yeah. rather you come and talk to me about, oh, do you know what? Actually, I went and saw this wicked film last night and it was such yeah, a yeah, And yeah. I love making connections like that on a much more personal level. Yeah, we'll talk about business and that kind of stuff and what you do in your business and all that kind of stuff. But openness as well. I can't stand people that always talk about the positives of mm. what they're doing and it's yeah. not it's not that i can't stand it because it's not true it's that i just can't stand it because it feels that feels a bit false yeah as well. it's a bit like it's not all sunshine and you know what you could be having a great year and well done for you for doing so well but there's going to be downsides in that as well there's got to be bits that frustrate you there's got to be elements that annoy you and it's an openness to talk about that side of it yeah attracts me to people as well because i think we've got to be honest with each other because you know, we will continue to say that whether you're employed or self-employed, it's hard. And it's it's hard at the minute um, with the economy being the way it is. It's mm. hard for, I think, everybody. And just be honest about that. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's the, yeah. So that, that's the sort of the, the colleague side of it. And in terms of the business point of view, what, what do I look for when I'm talking to people about wanting to do business with? That's got to resonate with me on some level. Similarly to what I just said. Yeah. The business has got to be honest with itself. It's got to understand the importance of what it's trying to do and why yeah. it's relevant. I don't, I won't do stuff that's just for a tick box, for sure. You know, certainly what in terms of what I sell from the training point of view for the soft skills training, it's got to be that, and maybe that's through a conversation where I explain it and then there's an appreciation. That's fine. Yeah. But it's got to be a, a, an understanding and appreciation for just how important that is to the business moving forward. Yeah. Because if it smells a bit like, oh, we're just going to do it to tick a box or we're just going to do it to get a certain certification, not really sure I'm that interested. And then away from the training uh, and the L&D consultancy, the, the coaching side of it, well, that's all about personal connection. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, coaching, I think, is one of the most personal things you can do. Yeah. You've got to be really careful um, when selecting a coach because you're going to be having conversations i think that are very uh, sometimes very challenging uh, very honest both ways um, mm. and you've got to be able to open up to stuff and, and feel being in enough of a safe space to talk about stuff and how you feel very very honestly that makes coaching very very personal yeah and so coaches wise and this again it associates to the kind of coaches that i want to hang out with and talk to as well you've got to appreciate as a coach that you cannot coach everybody yeah. or you cannot coach every team. There's got to be that, that buy-in from both sides that yes, we can work together. We're willing to go into that space together because we connect with one another on that level and we feel safe to do so. And I think that, you know, for that reason, all coaches have a responsibility to be able to say to people, look, this, is, this isn't going to work. I don't think between the two of us, by all means, go and speak to X coach, Y, Z coach. Um, they might be able to help you out, but I don't think this is going to work between the two of us. Um, there's a bravery element, I think, in having that conversation as well. 
especially when you need the money. Especially when you need the money, yeah. Nothing more painful than that, you know. Turning so, somebody away when you know they're not the right fit for you and your business, mm-hmm. but you know you need the money, yeah. is possibly one of the hardest things you can yeah. possibly do. But you wonder how much we learn, though, don't you? Because I, I've I've lost track of the amount of um, self-employed and small business people that I've spoken to where they've they've done something for the money, and all the, all the way through the job when they're doing it, regardless of what the job is, you know, it could be a it could be a trade job like a joiner, a plumber, or or a mechanic, or it could be um, a job like a, a coach or a training facilitator or a financial advisor or anything like that. Mm. Partway through that job that they've just done through the money, they just moan about it the whole time. No, I shouldn't have done this job. Oh, yeah, yeah it's true, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's true. it is. But yeah, it's true. It's true. I guess maybe coming on from this episode maybe mm. one of the episodes in the future is finding your clients or finding the right know your customer yeah. know your okay. yeah i mean yeah, yeah. that's a big part of what what yeah. i do know your customer is an actual section of what we do so yeah. you know knowing them properly um and also choosing what customers clients are right for you and your business mm. because like you say you pick the wrong clients they cause they can cause you a headache yeah they can be not profitable they can cause you you know, stress. Mm. Um, you know, you're... And if that, the, the bad thing is, what's the last <coughs> damaging impact to your business on doing that as well? You yeah. Know, you go with a client yeah. that you don't really want to be with. You you start to develop this almost bitter approach to the work that you're doing with them because you don't resonate and connect with them because yeah. you're moving in different directions. And then off the back of it, you deliver a substandard service they then rate that service as substandard. Yeah. That's a damaging impact on your business, right? And let's say it's not. Let's say you grin and bear it and you deliver the same quality service that you always uh, wanted to deliver. Well, actually, because from the very outset, because you didn't connect with each other, you're probably moving through that journey in different directions. So you could have delivered that absolutely to the best of the way you always do, and it could be brilliant. Yeah. The client doesn't see it like that. And it's actually got nothing to do with the way you delivered it. It's because of the way that they've understood or approached or appreciated what you've done. And then that damages your business output as well. So yeah, it's it's always a gamble, I think. And it's more of a gamble, I think, than people um, think when you decide to go with a client just for the money. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really big topic for the next episode at, is, at yeah. some point in the future. We, we've drifted in. We have. We, we have I drifted. Think. But yeah. it's okay. Um, so we've, t- we've talked a bit about, you know, this type of person that you look for when you go mm. to networking or you yeah. want in your business to support you. So obviously got friends, family, and you've mentioned a few people. Mm. Uh, and your need for that has been born out of a big corporate life. I think it's been born out of a big corporate life, but it's also been born out of a a little bit, of, I think because I'm a little bit more extroverted as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I've. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's almost come to the fore as well. You know, I need to. I need to see the people. I want to be around the people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I want the comfort from them. I guess the. And this would be interesting to get your perspective on it, actually, because as a as as a more introverted person, uh, I think than I am, or certainly in the past, has been a much more introverted person than yeah. I've been. How does it work for you on that networking side of it, meeting with people? growing your business and because all those things we've just said about business uh, regardless of whether you're introvert or extrovert yeah that's that's just how it is so how 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 have you played it in the past so i guess for me my my background uh um it was fine you know um mum dad uh two brothers one sister later on 
my dad was always at work. He was always, and I think, I don't think I ever felt a lot of affection as a child. Mm. Um, and I don't think I felt, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this has gone too deep too quickly. I think. Um, but I <laughs> Do you think, want to lie down on yeah. the sofa already? <laughs> well, Blossom's in the way. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that kind of sense of, uh, I say rejection, maybe, I don't know, but maybe, maybe that, I was a very shy person, mm. very, very shy. And that crippled me in some ways. Mm. I went to an all boys school at um, Cars Grammar in Sleaford and I couldn't talk to a girl for the life of me. Um, and I knew, I knew that before I went to an all boys school and just mm. that social interaction with girls was really difficult, really shy. I remember this one girl, Lauren, Lauren Mitchell, so her name was, and she came to talk to me, and I had these uh, these gloves on. I must have only been in like year seven or eight. Yeah. And they had footballs on, and she said to me, "Oh hi, hi Jacob, how are you?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Do you like my gloves?" And I was like, "And these had like these are like child's <laughs> gloves," and I'm like, "Why did I do that? Like that is the most awkward." But anyway, so. More importantly, how did she react to, well, to it, what is possibly the greatest pickup line I've ever heard? Well, we're not we're not married, mate, so yeah. uh, it didn't it didn't go. I think she went out with one of my friends, Joe Braithwaite. I don't know what Joe's doing now, but substandard uh, gloves. Yeah, obviously, sure. obviously, yeah. He, obviously, his didn't have nice footballs on. Yeah, uh, his was probably just Nike, you know, decent Nike ones. Mine from like Shoe Zone or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that shyness really affected me when I was younger. Yeah. It affected not just my social relationships, which is what networking is all about, yeah. but it also affected things like, I was really good at field hockey, yeah. really, really good at field hockey. I used to go, my dad wanted me to go to um, play at Spalding. I could have played to a really high level, mm-hmm. but I was just petrified and so shy of going. I think I went yeah. twice, Yeah, you know, and... That didn't help because as soon as I then got worried or scared about it and shy about it, I would just kind of go back into my shell. My dad would, would get frustrated and angry mm. because in his mind, he was giving me an opportunity that he never had. Yeah. But it was probably because of how he was that I was the way that I was. It was mm. really quite strange. But that shyness... I think I think that changed when I became a Christian. That this this idea that I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Mm. It was liberating and it was freeing and it was it was completely new to what I'd ever experienced. And so probably when I was about eighteen, nineteen, I started to gain more confidence. And this idea that actually I don't care if nobody likes me at all. Mm. Over the past kind of ten years, fifteen years, well, I'm not that old, but ten years. <laughs> um, Definitely, I've developed into a person that I'm more proud of being. Yeah. In as much as I can talk to people, I can hold a conversation, I can ask engaging questions, I can, you know, be funny, and I can, you know, I can be myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I never thought I'd ever do this ever. So, what do I look for? Honestly, I look for genuine, kind people that I like myself. I like people that are funny. Yeah. If you can be funny, that's that's good. Um, if you had two people side by side, one that 
was in, you know, was engaging and funny and we had a laugh, but didn't tell me anything about their business, I'd be more inclined to talk to them about their business, a bit like what you said. Yeah. I'd be more inclined to talk to them about their business than the person next to them that you know, was just telling me all about their business and how amazing it was and how great it was. I would mm. just, I, honestly, I would just not be, be that bothered. Um, and the person on the right-hand side that was more engaging and funny, they, they might not be as qualified, yeah. but what they show me is that they genuinely care. Yeah. That's the difference. And I think that's what I look for when I look for people to network with, to support me. Um, because that's the type of person that I am. Mm. I like to support people. I know it sounds terrible, but clients who think they know more than you are not really the clients that mm. a lot of people want. No. That's just my view. Um, you know, there might be people out there that are quite happy with that, but I think being a personable person, mm. you know your stuff, obviously, because you've been qualified and you know, you've know you done this for a long time and all the rest of it, whether you're an accountant or solicitor or you know, a coach or you, you're a doctor, it doesn't matter. You would expect the person to know what they were doing. Yeah. But what makes you like and trust that person is how they are with you. I think that is my kind of thing in a nutshell, really. Yeah. So, looping that right around. So for the introvert that's looking at a networking event, thinking, I'd rather die than go to that event. Yeah, well, probably worth going still. Yeah, I would say so because I think I've I've become more extrovert, and I think networking is good provided that you go for the right reasons, like you said, and you go to the right events. I think they can be very similar, mm. and you do see a lot of the same faces, and a lot of people, like you say, are still there to just you try and sell stuff. To be crass about it, you've got to you've got to navigate the dickheads in these events, right? Yeah, you do, and I think just by spending just two or three minutes talking to one of them, or two of them, or three of them, or <laughs> however many that there there are at any one event, you know quite quickly who yeah, to who to avoid. Go with your gut in any situation on that. Yeah, that person is coming so. across that they're a dickhead. Then guess what? They're probably yeah, a dickhead. Yeah, absolutely. So, but if you're on your own, I think this is probably you know somewhere good to close is yeah. that for me if you're on your own in business or you feel like you're on your own in business whether you're employed or self-employed whether you're whether you're in that area if you feel you're on your own there are events out there there are people out there that are willing to help and support you and if you're willing to make the effort to go and engage some of these people um, at networking events then you'll you'll thrive i think mm. um but it's about making the effort to go and engage because that's the that's the that's the hardest bit just taking that step whether whatever it is but the first step to a networking event for the first time that can be quite overwhelming and daunting can't it yeah yeah don't make it more than it actually is just go turn up be you that's do it do what you yeah. want to do when you're there and then go home that's and it and see what comes out of the back of it absolutely and if you had a joke or two in there great <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, spending the time to listen to us on The Gist uh, today. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back very soon with another episode. We Cheers, shall. Jacob. All right. Bye, Blossom. Thanks for taking the time to listen to The Gist podcast. We hope it has helped you to get your shit together. 
If you'd like to talk to us about suggestions for how we make this podcast better, or you'd love to come onto the show uh, as a guest, then please contact us at contactthegist, G-Y-S-T, at gmail.com. In time, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thank you.